wonders in seven days? Can we reconnect the brain and the spine? Do we all have a weird preference for listening through our left ears? And is AI any good at Photoshop? Get the answers to these questions and more on this week's episode of Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is world travel news. This is from usatoday.com. And the headline is, Seven World Wonders in Less Than a Week. Man Sees the Great Wall, the Taj Mahal, and more to set new record. A new Guinness World Record. That's pretty, wow. It's, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a Guinness record. I know, it has, actually. Yeah. So, a man who journeyed to nine countries on four continents in less than a week has set a new Guinness World Record for the fastest time to visit the new Seven Wonders of the World. As opposed to the ancient As opposed wonders. to the ancient wonders yeah. of the world, which there were seven, right? There were seven, and some of them are not around anymore. Right. But these are the new seven wonders these of the world. These are the new ones. The and hot, they're all the around. Hot new, the hot seven new ones. The hot seven. Yeah. Can we call them the hot seven? I like that better. Yeah. That's better than new. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, British traveler, author, and motivational speaker, Jamie McDonald, set the new record by visiting the Great Wall of China, the Taj Mahal, the ancient city of Petra, the Colosseum in Rome, Rio de Janeiro's Christ the Redeemer, Machu Picchu, and Chichen Itza, all in six days, 16 hours, and 14 minutes. Wow. Getting it kind of close there to the seven days thing. Yeah, I know. He only had a few more hours. and Yeah, but nailed it. He would hit seven, but he got less than seven. Good job. And he did all of this with public transportation only. And I just want to clarify that that means, like, he didn't have, like, a private jet. It means he took, like... Yeah. Like, commercial flights. Yes. Were, like, publicly available. To be timed. <laughs> right. Right. Like, a, <laughs> everything that he used to transport himself, like, anybody could just book and also yeah. technically do this. You could probably beat his record if you have a private jet, just FYI. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's why they had that for clarification our, in the For article. all of our PJ listeners out there. <laughs> because if you, have, if you happen to have a private jet, you could just, like, fly directly to all these places very easily. Whenever you want, yep. Um, but he did not have that. So, to complete this feat, Jamie took 13 flights, 16 taxi rides, 9 buses, 4 trains, and 1 toboggan. Not sure where that was applicable, but there was a toboggan involved, apparently. And he covered a total of 22,856 miles. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. His trip was sponsored by a technology company, Travelport, and their partner company, Travel Bag, which I think is like a travel agency. I looked them up their website. Like, Can you trademark something like Travel Bag? <laughs> that just sounds like a, comp- like a noun. But it's, yeah, but it's not. Like, have you ever used that word? Just like, oh, here's my travel bag? Well, now I am. Now I'm going to. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I guess that's true. You're right. It does sound like a noun, but I (laughs) don't think it is. Anyway, (laughs) they're like a travel agency. Like, they planned the whole itinerary for him. And then I think they were, like, sponsoring it. But, like, he he actually, like, did it. Um, The New Seven Wonders of the World was a private initiative launched in 2000 by Bernard Weber to, quote, encourage citizens around the world to select seven new wonders of the world by popular vote. That's according to the World Heritage Convention. So hmm. apparently that's, those seven sites were, like, voted on. 
Interesting. I didn't yeah. I didn't realize that. that I was, didn't either. Like, but I guess that makes sense. It's like how else do you choose? I yeah, like who's gonna like choose there, there's, there's gonna be a committee. <laughs> a committee of like it's like a handful uh, of random no, world that's, leaders. Like that's not a wonder. This is a wonder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need a we need a new set though, I feel like. Some of these are kinda old and I feel like we could we need like an even newer set of seven uh, wonders. Of even newer than the ones that I said? Yeah. Do you have something in mind? No. <laughs> like I'm thinking I'm maybe trying to like think of something some, like, in the US. Big but... buildings or something. Oh like that. yeah. Or yeah, I don't know what else would really qualify that is it like, like that the would Eiffel be Tower. of the modern times. Yeah, like something like, like that. Things like that, yeah. you're saying. Yeah. That's a little bit more modern than a like the Coliseum. A little more modern than the Coliseum, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because that's a good point. All, all these I had things an are idea like very and no old. suggestions for it. <laughs> also, there's no, um, there's no like Egypt, the Egyptian pyramids are not actually on this list, I just realized. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Interesting. Are they the old? Are they in the old set of wonders? I believe so. I don't. Okay. I didn't look up the old set of wonders. Should I look up the old set of one of wonders? All I remember is that one of them is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Which yeah, no which doesn't exist. Because <laughs> that's all I remember too. It's like the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. They do not exist anymore. Um, I'm going to look this up because I think it's interesting. <laughs> I'm curious too. Okay, so according to cntraveler.com. Of the original Seven Wonders, the only like the Great Pyramids of Giza were on the list, and that's the only one that still exists. Oh wow! All of them are gone. I didn't realize they were all gone. I didn't either. So it's the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, of which course, said, yes, famous. <laughs> the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Oh yeah. The Temple of Artemis. Okay, these are starting to come back to me. The Colossus of Rhodes. Mm-hmm. The Statue of Zeus at Olympia. And the last one is the mausoleum at Halicarnassus. Okay. I've actually, yeah. Now that you've mentioned them, they sound familiar. Yeah, same. I've played Civilization, so that's. Oh, yeah. Are they all in there or <laughs> oh, something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I always love to build the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. <laughs> Wait, you get to build them? Mm-hmm. That's And they fun. don't get destroyed in my, in my Civilization. <laughs> that's fun. So, yeah. Anyway, the pyramids aren't included in the new, the new ones. Well, they already got included. That's fine. That's true. Like, yeah. Let some other amazing some other world sites have some spotlight, you know? Exactly. Yeah. My first story this week is medical device news. This is from CNN. And the headline is, Man with paralysis walks naturally after brain and spine implants. This is pretty cool. Whoa. Um... So this is it's new research that revealed how a medical device helped one man with paralysis walk naturally again more than a decade after an injury. Um, Dr. Gregory Cortine and colleagues from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne developed and implanted a brain-spine interface that creates a direct neurological link between the brain and the spinal cord. Wow. Um, there are implants in the brain that track for intentions of movement those are wirelessly transferred to a processing unit that the person wears externally like a backpack. And then those intentions are translated into commands that the processing unit sends back through the second implant to stimulate muscles. So they have an implant in their brain and one in their spine. And like basically they've made an artificial 
connection between the two. Like wow. reading the mind to determine what the person wants to do and then sending the appropriate electrical impulses to the spine. It's, like, And it works, apparently. I didn't even wow. know this was possible. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the the man who, who's like the subject of this of this research is Gert Jan Oskam. Um, he's forty. He and he was left paralyzed after a motorbike incident in China more than a decade ago. Uh, his legs were impaired as well as his arms and trunk. Um, but with this technology, he can walk at least three hundred and thirty feet. Like depending on the day, so like a pretty decent amount for like somebody who previously could not. Yeah. Um, and he can stand without using his hands for a few minutes at a time. Um, wow. Which again, like this, he was fully wheelchair bound after this accident and now is like capable of moving on his own and standing like without assistance. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and they said after the surgeries to implant the devices, the neurological communication channels were quickly established, and he was taking steps within day, within like a day of training with this thing. So it didn't really even take that long for his body to get used to it, apparently. Um, and they said the connection has remained reliable for more than a year, um, including time this that he's spent at home, like away from health professionals. Um Walking independently with aid from this digital bridge has also helped him regain enough strength to take some steps even when it is turned off. So it's like allowed him to build up strength in his legs again. Like, I guess it's oh, like, so I it's don't like think, practicing using mm-hmm. it. Cause like, like, I don't think he was, it was like a fully severed spinal cord situation, but like it was for whatever reason he wasn't able to, to move. Yeah. And like now he is. Because he's able to build up that strength again. Wow! Um, so this—he was the first participant in this trial, uh, but researchers are obviously hopeful about future possibilities. Um, it val- this validates the possibility of recreating a neurological link between the brain and spinal cord, and the, and the connection happens quickly. Um, and yeah, they'd like to expand the scope of the connection to also help people who have arm and hand paralysis or who've had a stroke. Um, but they'd also like to reduce the size of the system to make it more portable because right now it is a pretty large like backpack unit that they have to oh, okay. carry around. And that's not very helpful to somebody who's like relearning how to walk probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is like wow. really cool. <laughs> um, he's blowing like, my mind right now. I just like, I was reading this. I was like, there's no way that this is, it just sounds like something out of sci-fi. I know, but it honestly really does because, like, i i knew I knew that there was research into like the first half of that, right? Like, interp- like interpreting having equipment that could interpret brain signals, mm-hmm. right? Like that. Like, I knew that that was sort of we were there. Like, that was that's been being investigated. Yeah. Um, but like actually taking it and translating it to something that actually works and that's practical and actually like can move the muscles. That's amazing. That's yeah. This is wow. like him with the device. He's standing here, but wow. like, and he has to use like arm stuff too to like assist him. Cause he just doesn't probably have the strength in his legs yeah. um, yet. But yeah. And you can see like the backpack unit, but wow, it's very cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, I thought that was just like a really uplifting story. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, very, very neat. My next story is neuroscience news. Uh, 
This is from sciencealert.com. And the headline is, the human brain shows a weird preference for sounds from the left. Like the left side of you. Huh. This has been shown. It's very weird. (laughs) Go on. So neuroscientists in Switzerland have discovered a strange bias in our perception of pleasing voices, specifically. Hmm. According to the brain scans of 13 adults, positive human sounds like laughter... Um, triggers stronger neural activity in the brain's auditory system when they are heard from the left-hand side, suggesting the human auditory cortex is specially tuned to the direction of sounds that make us happy. (laughs) That's so strange. It is. I wonder why. They don't know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I kind of assumed. Um, And I'll talk about that in a minute. When the study's participants listened to happy human vocalizations from three different directions, so either the left, center, or the right, both sides of their auditory cortex activated. However, recordings heard on the left side alone elicited a stronger response, which didn't occur when the recordings were coming from the front or the right side only, basically. So, okay. So they, like, they tested... All the different combinations. All the, yes, and... like different combinations of sounds coming from like multiple directions and things. Mm-hmm. And they found that like for whatever reason, when it's only coming from the left side, it just elicited a stronger response. Okay. Um, so why there is a preference uh, is not clear. <laughs> the experiments focused only on changes in activity in that auditory cortex of the brain. But the reason for this and the impact of this is not super clear because they yeah. have to do more <laughs> research to figure out like – does that actually do something? Like, why? I'm just going to cover up my right ear from now on and just only hear things from the left. Oh, that's what I'm doing too. Yeah. So, also, glad, glad we're on the same page. Also, when you edit this episode, you should make it so that the only the left channel <laughs> yeah. happens. I could do that. I, I know could you do could. That. <laughs> we're panning all the way to this, the left. This entire today. this entire episode is is brought to you by the left ear. You've been listening this far, and you've been wondering something sounds Something's different. Off. That's what's different is I panned it all the Something's way to the Something's off, but I'm having a stronger neurological response to this podcast for <laughs> <Yeah>. some reason. <laughs> uh, so previous studies have shown that the left ear can more easily identify the emotional tone in someone's voice. What? Yeah. So, like, that could be related to this. Like, I don't know. We don't know. That what? That's so strange. <laughs> like if okay. you, yeah, like yeah, like you know what I mean, right? Like if yeah. they do a test, like okay, is this person whatever? What emotion are they feeling? Like listen to recordings and stuff, and it's easier for people. And they were to statistically the significantly more likely to be able to interpret the correct emotion. Yes, from the left. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> like it's why? so fascinating. <laughs> but like, yeah, but what what biological reason could we possibly have for that know. preference? Um. So this article. Um, it said that heightened, sensit- heightened sensitivity to certain noises coming from certain directions makes general sense in certain cases. Like, for example, a human survival in the past could have depended on being extra suspicious of sound sneaking up from behind, for example. Like, sure. you hear something behind you. Yeah. That's going to, like, elicit a different response than, like, something in front of you. Makes you know, things like sense. that. But, like, wh- left-handed bias makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just said it's not so easily explained. Like, yeah, yeah we don't know. Yeah, we like there. I, yeah, why would there be any reason for that? No idea. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, this study was published recently in Frontiers in Neuroscience. Oh, so that might be a new journal for our collection. Yeah, I don't know if we've. I don't know if we've. We might have done something from this before, but not, not often. Yeah. Not often. Yeah. Have we explored the frontiers <laughs> of, neuroscience? <laughs> of neuroscience? I guess now we have. <laughs> yeah. My next story is Photoshop news. This is from The Verge. Uh, And the headline is, I turned my vacation photos into nightmares with Photoshop's new generative AI tool. (laughs) What? Um, Okay, I'm excited. I'm um, excited to see examples. So, yeah, there's lots of of pictures, uh, which is, again, always always great for a podcast. Um, But (laughs) it will be great for us. Um, And, uh, yeah, so a little background. Um, Photoshop now has this tool called Generative Fill. Um, It's based on Adobe's Firefly Image Generator. You use it by making a selection in your image and then typing in a text prompt of what you want it to do. Um, It can remove and add elements to your photo or extend the image in like the direction that you've selected, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, They say it's like an update to something called Content-Aware Fill, which is similar, but it would like try to guess based on what's surrounding the thing, like how to fill in that spot. Okay. Um, So uh, this person that wrote this article just like recently went to Iceland, and so they took a bunch of their vacation photos, and they uh, did some, well, they called them both legitimate photo editing tasks as well as a few ridiculous prompts uh, that they said resulted in nightmare fuel. But I'll let you be the judge of that. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, why did they? Well, okay, they didn't. So they didn't intentionally make it nightmare fuel. Yeah, most of these prompts seem pretty innocuous, and then okay. you see like the actual result, and you're like, what was it thinking? Um, okay. So, like, the first example is actually pretty impressive. It's this is the original photo. Um, oh. It's of like a waterfall with some like rocky land features around it, and there's like a bunch of people in front of the waterfall, and they're like, I want to get rid of the people in the picture because who wouldn't? Okay. Um, and so like, this is at the old version of the tool called content aware fill. You can see it kind of like filled the land in below where the people were kind yeah. of like, stretched the mountain to the bottom. That looks pretty cool. Um, but then the generative, the new AI based fill does like an even better job of like, especially this area is where it's most noticeable. Um, like it actually recognized the like unique landscape there and tried to recreate most of it without the people in the photo. Wow. So it's like compared to this one where it just kind of like stretched everything down. I see the difference there. Yeah. That's so cool. That's pretty that's cool. A, that did a really good job. So then, yeah, then they took this original photo of like, it's kind of like a snowy, rocky field with some like hills and like a very cloudy sky. And they're like, make it a thunderstorm. And so it made it a thunderstorm. Hmm, I thought right. it did a pretty good job. Just yeah. kind of darkened the sky. It also seems like it removed people. And I don't know if that was part of the prompt or not, but there was like some people in this part of the photo and they're just like gone. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> notice one. that. At first. I don't, the author didn't say if that was part of it. Um, so then they're like, make this landscape a waterfall instead. And so it did. <laughs> and it's like this ridiculous waterfall. Whoa. Like it turned the hills green. Like you can see, like it's the same landscape. Wait, but it's it like turned, some, it's actually the same. 
it's yeah, like the, the same exact horizon, same horizon shape. Like the sky remained the same, but they turned it turned the foreground into like this elaborate waterfall that looks pretty realistic. It looks like it's like a but, top of a like a plateau, mm-hmm. like high up somehow. Yeah, that there's this waterfall, even though the whole thing was just like kind of a plane to start with. So yeah, um, and then <laughs> now stuff starts getting weird. Okay. Well, that's our the, the waterfall is already a little bit on Canny Valley, but next it's they said add some ponies to the foreground <laughs> of that of, of the, that of, waterfall of the of the original image. Oh, okay. Um, and this is what it did. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't see, but it added um a pony that has a head on both sides <laughs> instead of a yeah. rear end. It's just it added a, a cat dog. It's horse. A, yeah, it's a double-ended <laughs> pony. Um, it also like inexplicably turned the ground into like a mountain trail. Like it's very strange. I don't know why I did that. Um, then they were like, "Oh, let's put a lemonade stand in it." And this is what I came up with for lemonade stand. Um, it um, looks kind of like okay. a a strange market situation. <laughs> what does that say on the right? It doesn't there. say anything. Does that... It's like I think it's. It was trying to say it's, lemon, but it, it's yeah, it not tried, English. but it says like Lovorn or something. I don't know. It's not. It's yeah. It's not English. Um, and, oh, 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 <laughs> I, no, no. so then the next one it said add a rainbow and some unicorns. Okay, and you would think, oh, it'll just like make the sky have a rainbow in it, and maybe add like another freaky pony or something. Yeah, but no, yeah. this is what it did. <laughs> Okay. And you can actually see in this one, the text prompt is, add a rainbow to the sky with unicorns. And so okay, well, it then replaced... Okay, rainbow has unicorns. It replaced the sky with like a paint photo, like a paint quality rainbow. And not unicorns. <laughs> it's just like these weird blobs. Yeah, from far away, I actually thought maybe that was unicorns. But it's... as soon as I look closer... It's yeah, definitely not, not unicorns. It's I don't just know like what that is. 3D blob shapes that are just floating in the sky in front of the rainbow. And also like a heart and a balloon for some Yeah, reason. why is there a heart and a balloon? There? I don't know. It's so <laughs> this weird. This is like, what was this trained on? Like, I don't old, know. Like 90s like websites that yeah. had like pixelated but you think Fun it would be able to add like a regular rainbow? Like it, I don't know. Yeah, that it is, it's I, that doesn't very I strange. You. I don't know to me that this is what it came up with. But that yeah. is very weird. Um, and then they ended with a pretty typical like another f- picture with a bunch of people in it. They're like remove the people, and it tried its best. Um, it got oh. like the beach and everything right, but the rocks are very wrong. <laughs> I don't know if you could see there. It was like a bunch closer. of steps and then here that just kind of like stretched the rocks down to the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it looks a little weird, but it still looks like fairly natural and like you would never guess that there were people in it. That's for sure. I, I wouldn't have like caught that necessarily looking at it. Like I might have. Yeah. You have to kind of flip back and forth between the photos and the and the page, the the article actually had like a slider back and forth. For each of these, mm. and it, that made it very clear when something was off. But yeah, um, like anyway. I think if I saw that picture <laughs> without knowing what had happened, I wouldn't immediately realize that like something's weird in this spot here with these rocks. Like yeah, it did try. Like, its you'd best. have to like look at it and then, but then once you like see it, it's like oh yeah, that's something's that doesn't look something's natural. Definitely <laughs> wrong. 
Yeah. Um, that's pretty good job, yeah. though. It's yeah, and it seems like a pretty cool tool. And like, I feel like it's this kind of thing is just going to get better and better with time and oh, like yeah. more training and more image data. Um, and I just thought it was kind of interesting. And also, it still clearly has some learning to do. It um, does specifically about how to draw a rainbow. Yeah, specifically about the rainbow. Or like Why what a unicorn struggle? is. Apparently it has no idea what a unicorn is. It thinks a unicorn is a floating blob of like metallic material or something. It's very strange. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story with us about rainbow unicorn blobs or anything else, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.